Welcome to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This is episode number 38, The Disappearance of Susan Smalley and Stacy Madison. Hey everyone, welcome back to True Crime Works. I'm your host, Ash, and this week's episode is about the disappearance of Susan Smalley and Stacey Madison. This case was actually a listener's suggestion, and it was from Kennedy, so shout out to you. Thank you very much for the recommendation. It's definitely an interesting case. If you have any ideas for upcoming cases, you can also email me, truecrimeworks at gmail.com. I really don't have any announcements for the week, so let's just get right into the episode. Susan Smalley and Stacy Madison were both from Carrollton, Texas, and they went missing the day of March 20th, 1988, and have been missing ever since. Susan was born on September 19th, 1969, and Stacy was born June 17th, 1970. So at the time of their disappearance, Stacy was 17 years old and Susan was 18 years old. They were both just a couple months away from graduating high school at Newman Smith High School. They both were well-liked, good kids, and both had part-time jobs. Stacy worked as a receptionist and wanted to go to business school at the University of North Texas after graduation. And Susan worked at the Steak and Ale restaurant as a waitress. And that was an American chain of casual dining places, and they went bankrupt back in 2008. If you look at pictures online of steak and ales, it looks very 1980s slash early 1990s. So the two friends had just finished spring break, and then they were determined to enjoy Saturday night in their hometown. They planned to visit some friends, and then they planned to sleep over at Susan's house. Stacy's mom, Ida Madison, would give an interview back in 2020 where she would recall that she gave Stacy a perm that day. And she also said that Stacy didn't really want to go to Susan's that night. She didn't go into detail, but that's just what she said. And then she told her that she didn't have to go if she didn't want to, but she regrets not making an issue of it and telling her that she couldn't go. But she did end up going. And Stacy picked up Susan in her 1967 Ford Mustang convertible. And they went shopping at the town center, and then they did visit friends in the town of Arlington. At around midnight, the girls stopped at the steak and ale restaurant where Susan worked. And co-workers would later report that she was only there for a short time, and she talked to some friends while Stacy waited in the car for her. The girls did have a curfew of midnight that night, so they made it home to Susan's house in time to call Stacy's mom to check in. Then they also called a friend. But like most teenagers do, they went out again after making the phone calls. And then they were never seen or heard from again. The last sighting of them would be at the restaurant. Later, it was discovered that the girls hadn't slept in their beds the night before. So they were reported missing by their parents. A couple days later, the police would find Stacy's abandoned Mustang on Forest Lane, which was a popular place for teens to hang out. 
The doors were locked and the convertible top was up and the girls' jackets were found inside. The police did not forensically search the vehicle for fingerprints or any forms of DNA, and no one really knows why. The detective that took on the case four months after it happened said that the original team probably thought the girls were just runaways and had tunnel vision in the case. And sadly, we see that a lot of times when younger people go missing. The first theory is, oh, maybe they were just runaways and a lot of things aren't really handled the right way. They kind of just do get tunnel vision and think it's a pretty open and shut case when in reality, it's never like that. Now, both the girls' parents knew that something more sinister probably happened to them because they were both really good kids and it was not like them to just go and leave and not tell anyone where they were going. I mean, they were about to graduate from high school and embark on new adventures in their lives and they were good students, so there was really no need for them to do this. And there was also no problems at home that anyone knew about and there was no secrets going on that no one was aware of either. There was really just no reason for them to up and leave like this. Over time, investigators began to believe that something happened to them, probably that they were abducted. Maybe they met someone and something didn't go as planned. There were no new leads on the case, and the police department actually contacted a local psychic who said that they had been abducted and murdered by a white man who was between 28 and 34 years old with blonde hair and glasses. And he said that the man dumped their bodies near Lake Grapevine. And authorities searched the area, but nothing turned up. Police would get some tips here and there, but nothing really substantial. One time, an unidentified caller called and said, quote, Susan and Stacy are all right, end quote, and then hung up. And it came from an unrecorded line, meaning that the call could not be traced. So each tip was pretty much just a dead end. Stacy's family hired a private investigator, but he was unable to produce any leads and was eventually fired. Susan's father, Frank Madison, would continue to drive her yellow Mustang in hopes that someone would recognize the car and maybe it would trigger a memory that could lead to the discovery of the girls. He said, quote, it was like they were whisked off earth, end quote. Sadly, Frank died from cancer in 1996 without ever knowing what happened to his daughter. The only ever suspect in the disappearance was Stacy's boyfriend at the time, a man named Kevin. One of their friends said that Stacy confided in her that he was controlling and possessive and that she wanted out of the relationship. According to Stacy's mom, Ida, Stacy had been trying to end the relationship but could not find a peaceful way to do it. She also said that if Kevin ever called the house, Stacy wanted her mom to say that she was out with Susan. So she did not want to contact this man. What's really suspicious is that Kevin's new girlfriend said that he confessed to her that he killed Stacy and Susan with a shovel. Today's episode is brought to you by DB. 
DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed, developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller bags to your backpack, roller, or tote. As someone who loves to travel, I know just how important it is to find the right luggage. I also know that finding the right bag can really make your trip a lot easier. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10, that's P-O-D-10, or going to the link in our show notes below. DB, it's time to move on, time to get going. And then buried their bodies in a cemetery near the highway. He was, of course, questioned extensively about this, and he was even given a polygraph test in 1988, but he passed the polygraph test, and they also searched the cemetery and didn't find any evidence of them, so they were unable to move forward with charging him with anything. He would eventually move away from Texas and go from town to town and changed his name. His ex-wife would later put out a restraining order against him, because she said he threatened her with a knife. So, of course, over the years, suspicions still remain, but no one really knows if he was involved or not. But he's really been the only suspect that anyone has ever named. As of today, they've been missing for over 33 years, so it's really unlikely that anything will come from this, and sadly, it's probably certain that they are dead. And both their families have admitted this. Stacy's mother continues to push for answers in her daughter's disappearance. She said in that interview, quote, If you know anything, anything at all, please call the police. It's time for someone to come forward. It's past time. Everyone has a piece of the puzzle, but if one person holds on to their piece, the puzzle is never finished. We've begged for that piece of the puzzle for a long time. It's time to complete it, end quote. At the time of their disappearance, Stacy was described as being 5 feet 6 inches and weighing 160 pounds. She had blonde hair, blue eyes, and her ears were double pierced. On March 20th, 1988, she was last seen wearing a long-sleeved white sweatshirt with a pink and orange logo on the front, white cotton pants, and white sneakers. Susan was described as being 5 feet 8 inches tall, weighing 140 pounds. She had brown hair, green eyes, and her ears were pierced three times on each side. On March 20, 1988, she was seen wearing a white sweater and blue pants, and she was carrying a navy blue shoulder bag with camel trim. As of today, the Susan Smalley and Stacy Madison case is still active. And if anyone knows anything, they are encouraged to come forward. This is another one of those cases where we really have no idea what could have happened. I mean, it's likely that they were abducted by a stranger. Maybe they met up with someone or something or thought something was safe and it really wasn't. And then that person ended up doing harm to them. The theory about the ex-boyfriend is 
pretty interesting too. I mean, there's no evidence or anything that he did this, but his controlling and abusive behavior is definitely something that should be looked into. I mean, most cases where it's the boyfriend or the ex-boyfriend, it's where it's, you know, kind of a toxic relationship and this seemed to fit that build. And I know polygraphs aren't 100% by any means, but he did pass it and there's no evidence of anything. So we really don't know what could have happened. It's a really sad case though. That's definitely the truth. And I think that it's just so heartbreaking for both of these families because they really have no answers. They've accepted the fact that their girls are gone, but there's always that part of them that probably wonders, you know, what actually happened or, you know, what if there are actually out there somewhere and they just can't get home. So yes, it's a very sad and tragic case. These cases where someone just goes missing and completely vanishes is really very interesting because it seems so unlikely that something like that could actually happen, but it actually does happen quite a bit, sadly. Well, there you have the episode about Susan Smalley and Stacey Madison and their disappearance. Thank you again to Kennedy for recommending the case. Like I said before, you can email me with recommendations, truecrimeworks at gmail.com, and send me a message on Instagram if you want to, at truecrimeworks. I check that pretty much every day, too. And if you could, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps the show out, and it also helps others find the show. Thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate each and every one of you who has listened to this show. I really couldn't do any of this without you. Thanks again for listening, and I hope everyone has a great week. I look forward to talking to you next week.